Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. This thing has dumpster fire written all over it. Now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Thanks for the hot take, Andrew. You should have your own show. Welcome to episode 111 of the South of Sandy podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Zimmel. It was a very rough night recording this Thursday night. I'm recording this. I figured here's what I was going to do. This is the plan. The plan was to bring on a college football writer to talk college football with us. But what ends up happening is A, I didn't really want anybody to come on because I was very sad. B, Texas State, I'm recording it right now. They're down 41 to 0. 41 to 0, and I don't know if you paid attention to my Twitter. I don't know if you cared enough to watch or see any of this game that was on the SEC network. Texas A&M, number 12 in the country versus Texas State. But I had this game, my beautiful, beautiful campus, my beautiful, beautiful team. I had this team losing tonight, 44-20. I did not realize that not only would they not score a single point to this point, four minutes left in the game, but they looked very bad. They did not look good on offense. Defensively, they looked as good as always. But I wanted to read you a text message I got from a friend of mine. So I was producing a minor league baseball game tonight, you know, paying the bills. And I get a text and it goes, I just want one touchdown. Pause. Zimmel. Stop. Please tell me. Stop. Is it the players? Question mark. The coaches? Question mark. The fan base, question mark. Like, what's the problem here? Texas State doesn't deserve a football team. Football team, And that was a text from a fan that I know, a fan that likes Texas State, that goes to a lot of the games. She's worked with a lot of the players before. So for her to be texting me that just kind of shows me where the fan base is. And I know this isn't a Texas State podcast. I know that you don't care a ton about my team, the team that I cover on the daily. But I wanted to let you know that it is a very rough morning Friday morning for Bobcat fans. So, moment of silence for the Texas State season. One game in the books, a loss. You want to start every season, want to know. Bobcats start the season for, I want to say, the fifth consecutive year. Might be the only the third consecutive year, uh, 0-1. So, you hate to see it. But, I will say, to put a little bit of a bow on things, to make things seem good. This is a very good show. I have a lot of really good content to talk to you about. Uh, I want to talk to you about Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, he had a very rough night Thursday night as well. I wanted to kind of get into this Boogie Cousins situation. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then I wanted to talk about the Red Sox, the Yankees, that whole thing going on in baseball. So we'll start with Boogie Cousins because I thought this was pretty interesting. So if you haven't been keeping up with Boogie, if you haven't been watching uh, ESPN haven't been keeping up with the situation that he's in right now. He is having the worst 18 months a professional athlete might have ever had. So, I only took this back to the last six months, but somebody brought it up and said, go back 18, and it gets a whole lot worse. So, 
In the last 18 months, the Hoop Central tweeted this. Last 19 months, January 2018, torn Achilles. That happens with the Pelicans. December 2018, grandmother passes away. April 2019, torn quadricep. August 2019, torn ACL. August 2019, a warrant out is now out for his arrest. Uh, he got into domestic violence dispute with his ex-girlfriend. This is coming not even a whole week after he married his current girlfriend. Now he has a wife. So I took it all the way back to the beginning of his career. When Boogie comes out of Kentucky, comes out of Kentucky, goes to the Sacramento Kings, a dumpster fire, a tire fire, whatever you want to call it, Sacramento was is still continues to be not a good place to play professional basketball. He is the best player on the Sacramento Kings team. He gets all the blame for the Kings losing. He racks up a lot of points, rebounds, and technical fouls. Okay, he's known around the league as kind of a punk, immature, a guy that you're not going to be able to build your team around. He couldn't be the best player on a championship team. Shoot, a lot of people were talking about him not being the best player on a playoff contending team. Okay, so he goes to the Pelicans. Sacramento trades him. I actually do believe that Boogie loved the city of Sacramento. I think he liked the people of Sacramento. I think he liked the city and the atmosphere and everything. So they ship him out and goes to NOLA. There goes to the Pelicans team that is competing for a playoff spot. Okay, they're competing for a playoff spot. They're on the cusp of making the playoffs with Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins. They're not a title contender, but they're a team that I think could really shake things up when they make it there. He tears his Achilles. Which is a injury that you never want to see a professional athlete have, period. But it's also an injury for a seven foot big man, could be career ending. We don't know where he's going. So we go in the offseason, and he gets phone calls from a bunch of teams the Lakers, I think uh, the Celtics, the Pelicans try to get, get him. He gets a lot of phone calls, and he decides to sign with the Golden State Warriors. Now, a lot of people, fans, Freaked out on social media. I was one of them. Because I had a feeling that Boogie was going to be able to come back and be a good player. I didn't ever think he was going to be as good as he was prior to the injury. But I knew he was going to be a good player. I knew that this was just another guy to stick in the lineup for the Golden State Warriors. So he comes back. Towards the quadricep. Very quickly. He came in after the Achilles tear. Looking kind of fat. Kind of overweight. Uh, I made a lot of jokes about him on this podcast, and at the end of the day, we said, is he going to be good enough to help the Warriors win a title? Well, Durant goes down with his injury. Boogie's able to come back for the finals. Game two, he looked really good. Game four, he looked so-so. Warriors end up losing, and he goes into the offseason, not winning a ring, not being a real good contributor for his team. Fast forward... He gets signed by the Lakers. And we're thinking Boogie and Anthony Davis, they get to be back together again. Uh, Rajon Rondo is there again. All in all, it looks like a really good situation for Boogie Cousins. Tears his ACL. All right. I'm looking at it now as his career is essentially done. He can't have an Achilles tear, a quadricep tear, and an ACL tear, and be seven foot, and be about 15 pounds overweight, and kind of be a headache. And it just, I thought his career was going to be pretty much over. Didn't think that he was going to go anywhere after this. Did not like his chances of doing anything. He marries his wife. And I was very happy for him. I said, this is turning around for him. I said, this is going to be the thing that kind of gets him back on the right track. Gets him back right mentally. Uh, it, it didn't happen. Ends up not happening for him because of this warrant for his arrest. And 
I was listening to a lot of sports talk, and if you listen to enough of it, you end up losing brain cells. Because what ends up happening is people want to label him as a thug, want want to label him as a villain, uh, everything. Okay, And at the end of the day, that's not what he is. He's not that at all. Uh, He seems like a relatively nice guy. If you go to know him, get to talk to him, everybody who's been around Boogie Cousins, players, coaches, not so much general managers, but fans, nobody can say a bad thing about the person. A lot of fans only get what they know about him from TV. They only get what they know about him from SportsCenter, the 15 seconds of him getting kicked out of a game. First take, you got Stephen A. Smith telling him that he's a punk. You know, Will Kane, Clay Travis, Skip Bayless. All Everybody wants to kind of jump on this guy. And while what he did with his ex, I, I don't know. I don't have the entire situation with this domestic violence uh, issue. And I am the biggest person who's going to tell you that I will 100% shit on this guy if what is true, if what the police report says is true, I'll be the first person on this podcast crucifying him. But I'm not there yet because we don't have enough information. And I don't have enough information. And I don't feel comfortable coming on air, coming on this podcast and telling you, hey, Boogie Cousins, terrible guy, burn the jerseys. Okay, I'm not there yet with it. I will say that this has been the worst 19 months any player, professional athlete, coach, I think has ever gone through. And we just got done talking to Greg Bishop last week about how, or last episode, I'm sorry, last, last episode, talking about how Hugh Jackson's kind of time in Cleveland was kind of shitty towards the end. You know, losing his mom, his brother, and a bunch of games. And I kind of said, wow, I can't imagine it being much worse for anybody else. Well... Boogie has now surpassed that. I think that he's had a very tough 19 months, and it's gonna be—it's gonna take a lot for him to turn this around. All right, let's get into it. Uh, just real quickly, a little scoreboard update as I watch this game. It's 41-7, Texas A&M. Texas State was able to get on the board. I know a lot of people uh, care about that game. I'm, I'm saying that sarcastically. Uh, it's interesting to me that it took them to the fourth quarter to score a point. I thought that Spav was going to... Let's just do the Texas State talk. Let's just get it out of the way because I this has been killing me. I want to get it get it off my chest. So coming into this game, I was the person who was saying 40 to 22. All right, I, I didn't think that it was going... Or 44 to 20. I didn't think it was going to be a close game. I thought that Kellen Mond probably gets pulled halfway through the game. I said, hey, he probably doesn't play the second half. But... You know, we get to the point where it's I think twenty eight to zero in the the fourth quarter, uh, and I or going into the halftime. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was twenty eight zero going into halftime, and I thought to myself, well, you know, what can you do? You expected a loss, Zimmel. This is what happens. Uh, you know, suck it up. Texas State ends up holding the Texas State and Maggie's to thirteen points in the second half. And while I think that part of that, a large part of that is Jimbo Fisher taking his foot off the gas, a large part of that is Gresh Jensen taking over for Tyler Vitt, a large, large part of that is the A&M Aggies taking their foot off the gas, and Texas State's defense continuing to play very well. But I, I don't know what to do with this team at this point. I want to read you some stats. You know, stat radio is the very worst thing, the last thing I want to do here. So, Gresh Jensen, 19 of 30, 133 yards, zero TDs. I'm sorry, one TD, two interceptions. Tyler Vitt, 
9 of 15, 51 yards, two interceptions. Anthony D. Taylor, seven carries, 19 yards. All right, Hutch White, you know, the guy that was supposed to be the best offensive player. The all do everything, the Swiss Army Knights. Seven receptions, 60 yards. All right, you got the best offensive coordinator that you could get in Jake Spavital. Okay, you got the best guy that you could possibly get. And here we are putting seven points on the board. And I get it. A&M has a good defense. The secondary is great. It's an SEC school, SEC West. You know, I'm not a big Bryan College Station fan, just the area, but I respect the hell out of the team. It's a good regional team. Texas A&M is a good football team. 12 in the nation. You held them under 50. It's a moral victory. You held Kellen Mond under 200 yards passing. Three TDs in the interception. Moral victory. All right. But I'm kind of sick of moral victories at this point. And then people were talking to me over Twitter. They were texting me and they were saying, well, Zimmel, what'd you expect? You know, you, you didn't think A&M was going to walk over. or You didn't think A&M was going to lose, right? You thought Texas State was going to lose this game. So what are you bitching about? Why are you sad that they lost this by Because I didn't see a lot of improvement offensively. And defensively, I knew that this was going to be a good team. I picked him in my fantasy league. And I know that doesn't say a ton, but I picked him in my fantasy league and I didn't bench him this week when they played AM. So I had high hopes for this team. I thought this team was going to be good. And am I disappointed? Yes. Are they going to build off this and get better? Probably. But I, I just I had to get this out of out of the deal. I did a very good job, I think, tonight not tweeting anything bad. I didn't say anything bad about uh, any athletic directors, any quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, kickers. I, I didn't talk any crap about Texas State players on this podcast. If anything, I'm going to say good things. Brian London, interception, had a great game. I thought he looked like one of the best five players on the field at any given moment. And I think that there's a bunch of scouts that are at Kyle Field tonight watching AM, watching Kalamon, watching Brian London. And, and as the time goes on, and if my team continues to suck the way that they do, and I talk less and less about Texas State, more and more about every other school in the country, uh, which is very possible, we're going to talk about how players who are on shitty teams don't get drafted in the NFL. And we're going to talk about how if a quarterback is really bad in college, or might be really good in college. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The team's really bad. How that will tank your draft stock. We're going to talk about that as time continues, but... For the moment, Texas A&M beats Texas State, and this is gonna this was gonna sit on the front of my mind this entire night. And uh, if I didn't get it out of the way now, if I didn't get it out of the way, period, it was just gonna continue to bother me. So the next thing is I want to talk about a game that I picked the loser. I picked the I, I picked this game in a pick them with uh, a couple other guys that I know. Uh, if you don't know, I write for a newspaper, University Star. Shameless plug. So. We picked a bunch of games, and I, we picked uh, we picked a game that went final earlier. 
and it was I can't, I can't find it now. Uh, we picked the game that went final earlier, and we were kind of surprised? Question mark about the uh, the way that it, that it ended, and the reason is because none of us picked this team to do what it did. Okay, the game I'm speaking of, the game I'm speaking of is Tulane and Florida International. Okay, took me a second to get my all my ducks in a row there. All right, sorry. Game I'm speaking of is Tulane, Florida International. So coming into this game, all of us except one person picked Florida International. Okay, we all thought that International was two point favorites. I wasn't really high on Tulane coming into the season. We didn't talk about them on the preview podcast series that we did, but I, you know, off the record to the group of five group chat and stuff like that, I kind of was saying to people, hey, I don't know how good Tulane's going to be this year. They're kind of in, you know unknown at this point. Well, they come in and they beat Florida International 42-14 to uh, with excellent passing from Justin Millen, who goes for 18, 14 of 18, 199 yards, two TDs. Uh, James Morgan on the other side, 200 yards on 19 of 34 passing, TD and INT. And it was a bloodbath to just off the jump. And it started in the first quarter when Tulane scores a touchdown, and it really got bad going into halftime when it was 28-7. to And at that point, I think a lot of us were saying, oh, looks like Tulane's going to walk away with this one. And we were right. Nobody scored in the fourth quarter, but Tulane was able to put two more touchdowns up in the second half. So... Tulane ends up walking away with that uh, game against Florida International. Again, I kind of want to talk about that game because it was such a shocker. And I don't have any rooting interest in either one of these teams. I honestly could not give less of a shit about either one of these teams that were playing. But I thought it was an interesting it was an interesting study right now. Because so far, every single favorite, I think... not. I don't think every favorite has covered the point spread, but I think every single favorite has won. And this was the first one that was really a blowout. And a real reason that I think a lot of us like uh, college football. The NFL is coming back too, which is going to show us a lot. Because every game is decided by three or less points, essentially. But it, it was a game that we thought was going to go a different way and it went went the way we thought. Okay, so Clemson beats uh, Georgia Tech 52 to 14. Not a whole lot to talk about in that game. Both AM and Clemson play next week or I'm think uh is the, I think it's in 2 weeks uh that these two teams face off against each other. September 7th the two teams face off against, off against each other. So next Saturday we get the game. I, I said I said on Twitter that LSU Texas was the game of the week next week. That that was the game I think a lot of people had circled on the calendars. That's the game that we're going to get to see potentially uh, the best secondary in college football versus my Heisman pick, Sam Ellinger. Everybody laughs at me right now. On August 20... or uh, I'm sorry, on August uh, 30th, essentially, we listen to this on Friday. August 30th, everybody's going to be looking at this team, the Texas Longhorns, and think they're short in two positions. Quarterback and running back. That if they don't have a good, healthy season at those two positions, things are going to go sideways very quickly for the Longhorns. And I've been saying since last season that I wasn't in love with Sam Ellinger. That I thought that he was a good college quarterback, but I couldn't see him making deep throws. And in college football, 
not so much the Big 12 where it's kind of a cupcake defense uh, every single week, but you're still getting hit. You're still getting hit by some grown-ass men. And I didn't think that he was going to be able to withstand a whole season. Well, I come to practice and I see him make a couple deep throws. I hear Tom Herman talk. You know, Sam Bouchelle leaves. And if there was any chance that he was going to get the starting job back, he would have stayed. So here we are, less than 72 hours away from kickoff. Less than 48 hours away, honestly, uh, from kickoff of La Tech, Texas. And Sam Ellinger's my guy. And I think that he's going to win Heisman, 56 touchdowns. Doesn't seem unreasonable. It's going to be tough for them to get to that level of play. But at the same time, I think that there's going to be a good chance, no, a great chance, that Ellinger exceeds expectations. The bar is really high right now for the Longhorns and for Ellinger, but I think that there's a not an outside chance that they surpass that bar. So anyway, LSU, Texas is next week, and we get Clemson in A&M. And Clemson comes out today and absolutely demolishes Georgia Tech. It was not a shocker to, I think, anybody that watched college football last season that this was going to be a team in the Clemson Tigers that brought back not a ton of their defense. They didn't bring a bunch of guys back that we thought were going to be you know, defensive studs. But they did bring back a pretty good defense, and they brought back the most important player in college football in Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence not only the first freshman to one of the only freshman to lead his team to the national title, but he's also the only true freshman to go 15-0 as a starter. Something that will probably never be done again. So we look at Trevor Lawrence's stats tonight, 13-23, 168 yards, uh, 1 TD, 2 INTs. So did he have a great game? No. But, and I'm not willing to make this take yet. I've kind of, you know, take hunted it around, kind of, Dropped it off to a couple people, said, what do you think about this? Kind of get some feedback. And nobody's pushed back really hard on this. And I'm going to put it on the air. I'm going to put it on the podcast for all eternity and kind of see where where this goes. But I said this to a couple guys, and again, nobody pushed back to me on that. Uh, Nobody pushed back at this point. So if you disagree, you can tweet at me, and we we can start a dialogue. But right now, I think that Trevor Lawrence had a great season last year. And there's a chance that he doesn't have a great season this year. And there's a chance that, like a lot of good quarterbacks in college football, every single coach in the ACC, every single coach that he's going to face, has gotten to see game film. And while it's not Bill Belichick, while Saban's the closest thing to Belichick, and he only gets to play Trevor once a season, I think that there is an outside chance that there's a couple teams this year that game plan for Trevor Lawrence, what he does good, what he does very poorly. It's not a whole lot of things he does poorly. I think there's a chance that somebody game plans for him this year and just absolutely destroys him. And I don't know what team that is, and I don't know what week that's going to be, but if there's going to be a week for Clemson to lose, the best chance for them to lose would be next week against Texas A&M. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to listen to the podcast to hear, but I'm going to say it. A&M played Texas State really well. Clemson played Georgia Tech really well. At the end of the day, neither one of these games mattered all that much. Next week's game, Clemson and A&M is going to get a ton of eyeballs. LSU and Texas is going to get a ton of eyeballs. Next week, college football really kicks off. This week, I think the best game we have uh, according to a lot of people, Wisconsin and uh, South Florida should be a pretty good game. That game is uh, on Friday. That game's today, Friday. 
the next big game, quote-unquote, that we get is there's only one game where we play two top 25 teams, and that's Auburn and Oregon. That game's on Saturday. So Sunday we get Houston and Oklahoma, and the night game on Monday is Notre Dame and Louisville. So I don't know why I read you that schedule, but I'm just letting you know that next week's slate of games are a lot better. Next week we actually get some pretty intriguing matchups. Uh, of course, like I said, Clemson and Alabama, Clemson and AM. Uh, we get Texas and LSU. I think I have Florida, or I'm sorry, I have Oregon and uh, Nevada circled on my calendar, and then of course Stanford USC next week. So, all right. Last thing I want to talk to you guys about before we uh, wrap this podcast up is we're going to get into a little baseball talk because not a whole lot of things have been uh, happening uh, on the baseball realm. I've talked a little bit about the baseball deals that have been occurring. I've talked a little bit about baseball as the season has gone on. Not a whole lot of things, again, are really shaking up. I'm going to try to get a couple guys on next week's podcast to talk baseball because we're getting very close to wild cards and pre or postseason baseball. And that's honestly a ton of fun. Uh, football is really going to take over. So if we can get a couple baseball guys in here, it'll be a pretty good deal. So, but the thing, the, the reason honestly that I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I rep the New York Yankees. You know that the Yankees are my team. They pick, I picked them at the beginning of the year. I've picked them the last three years uh, to win the world series. Every year I get closer and closer for that to happen. This year, I had picked them again to win the World Series, but the team that I grew up rooting for, the team that I've watched for the majority of my life, is not the Houston Astros, it's not the Texas Rangers, it is the Minnesota Twins. And they broke MLB's record for most home runs on the road this season. They took 100, I'm sorry, they 141 game, or 141 home runs this season. The previous record was set by the 2001 San Francisco Giants. You remember that team fondly because Barry Bonds was on that team and he was a great baseball player. I will sit on that hill for the rest of my life. All right, Minnesota Twins, they break the home run record. Why is this important? Because people have been saying all season, baseballs have been juiced. And I haven't found anybody to contradict that take. I have not found anybody who has watched a baseball game that has said, hey, baseballs look a little dead today, okay? A lot of these games are ending up being very high scoring. Today, just reading off some stats for you. Today, Oakland scored nine runs. Minnesota scored 10 runs. Houston scored eight runs. Tampa Bay scored nine runs. And there's been a handful of uh, Pittsburgh scored 11 runs. Chicago, or I'm sorry, uh, Colorado scored eight runs. Three years ago, all those games. Might be one run games, might be two run games, but they all were four to one, three to two. Not a whole lot of offense. Baseball has been struggling in viewership. Regionally, the regional networks that carry the games are doing really well. Nationally, Sunday night baseball is taking a hit. Uh, any national game on baseball tonight uh, or on the baseball network, that's been taking a big hit. Advertisers are starting to wonder what are we paying for when it comes to these games. And. I've been saying it. The seven-inning thing makes a lot of sense to me. Juicing the baseballs does not. I'm not in love with this. And the whole reason that we get to talk about this at all is that Minnesota Twins have been killing it. And I brought it up a couple days ago that I was worried that the Twins were going to blow their lead in the 
AL Central. It's three and a half right now on the White Sox. Twenty-two are games back are the White Sox. In the AL East, the Yankees are up eleven on Tampa Bay. And in the West, the A's trail the Astros by nine games. So in the wild card, it's the Indians and Athletics, and Tampa Bay's a game back, and Boston's five and a half back. They're not making the playoffs this year, which is beautiful. And uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the podcast because I'm still very heartbroken about Texas State. Uh, NFL football is coming back pretty soon. We're going to bring on some more NFL writers, bringing on a baseball writer next week, hopefully college football. Fridays is probably what we're going to do. We're going to try to highlight a game, really focus in on it every single week. Next week, it's probably going to be Texas LSU, or it could be A&M Clemson. Don't really know yet. We'll figure out who we can get for that game. So that's going to do it for us over here at the South of Sandy Podcast. You guys have been doing me a big solid and sending all of my content to everybody, and I want to thank you for that. If you haven't been, if you're not, if you're not listening to the podcast, and you, or you are listening to the podcast, and you're not sending it to people, you're doing just as much as the people who don't listen to the podcast at all. So please continue to like, share, and subscribe all of our beautiful podcast content. Continue to go read my stuff in the University Star. Support us, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Back on Monday. Love you guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.